0: Hello again everyone welcome back to our Holy Spirit series and we're looking now at the final fruit of the Spirit before we move on to the gifts of the Spirit next time and today we're looking at the fruit of self-control and also that little expression at the end of the verse 23 um, and again such there is no law. It was Pythagoras who said no man is free who cannot command himself. Seneca the Roman philosopher said most powerful is he who has himself in his own power and Augustine the great saint of the church said conquer yourself and you've conquered the world. Now the greatest danger as we contemplate self-control is that we interpret this as being possible through mere willpower and some of those statements i've quoted to you could almost give you the impression that we need to grab ourselves by the scruff of the neck shake ourselves off and slap ourselves into a correct behavior before god but that is effectively the explanation for much futile uh, religious practices that we see right across the world and including in christendom where people are trying the emphasis being on the word trying. They're trying by their own efforts to live a life that is pleasing to God and to live a life that might look something like the life that Jesus lived. It's laughable really. Because the truth is that, that we don't need to conquer ourselves. Now hear that again. We don't need to conquer ourselves because Jesus has already done that at the cross. Let me remind you of some Pivotal verses in the book of Romans and indeed the New Testament. Romans chapter 7 verse 23 to 25. Paul is despairing about how he intends to live according to God's law. But there is another law within him, the law of sin that prevents that. And he says, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And he exclaims, oh wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And some Bible scholars believe that what Paul is referring to there is an ancient practice of some tyrant kings were to punish um, slaves. Uh, they would strap a dead body of another slave on the back of a living one and make them carry that corpse that putrefying rotting corpse around as they fulfilled their duties as a slave and Paul is saying i feel like i'm carrying a dead body around on me this dead weight of sinful practices and compulsions and lusts etc i wonder do you ever feel like that and so that is what Paul says when he was under law and trying to obey law he knew it was right in his mind But there was another law in his members, the members of his body, his appetites, his desires, his compulsions that were going against the law of God. They were driven by the law of sin and death within him. Now the great news is that's not the way we are to continue to live as Christians and a lot of Christians stop there in Romans 7 and think that this is the way it is for us that we have this constant struggle within us. And I'm not saying that sin is no longer a temptation or the flesh an issue but let's not forget that Paul goes out and, and continues in that chapter 7 to exclaim and and celebrate After he says, O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He says, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then he continues to expound upon the great victory of the cross, the triumph of Jesus in his death and resurrection. And in Romans chapter 8 we see that. Particularly in verse 2 he says, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. It is the Spirit of God who will set me free from this compulsive law and my members, the law of sin and death. So someone put it well, the beginning of self-mastery is to be mastered by Christ to yield to his lordship. In other words, self-crucifixion must precede self-control. After all, it is not our self-control, is it? It's Christ's. We've been learning as we've gone gone through the fruit of the Spirit that it's not our life at all. These are the attributes of God. These are the personality traits of God. This is the character of God that was revealed in Jesus Christ, God incarnate and is now uh, produced through us by the power of the Holy Spirit as we abide in Christ. And the only way that's possible is if we died with Christ And we reckon ourselves to be dead indeed unto sin and alive unto God. So think of self-control as the Holy Spirit helping us to get hold of our identity, our true self in Christ. And in the, the fruit of the Spirit we need to learn to step into our true identity in Christ because it's his life, not ours. So Christ in you, the hope of glory, to recognize actually, essentially, we're not looking out of ourselves for the help to overcome sin and temptation, etc., and our circumstances and trials, but we're looking inside where God dwells us, where Christ abides. And so... If you like, self-control gives us space to operate in the fruit of the Spirit. I kind of think of it like pressing the pause button and giving us moments where we can, by faith, then reach out and access the particular fruit that we need for whatever is facing us in the moment. And it sure beats (laughs) counting to 10 to do the right thing this is better than that this is the very nature of god in christ that is available to us in every moment of our lives whatever faces us so let's think about that so we confront hatred someone who hates us or we encounter someone who is unlovable hard to like well self-control allows us to pause for a moment gives us space to access the agape love of God and ask him, Lord, I don't have love right now, but can you give me your love? Or perhaps you're experiencing unhappiness. Um, A a heaviness has come upon your life or even depression. And self-control gives us that space to pause and say, Lord, give me your joy. Rather going... uh, into panic and anxiety we can actually stop with self-control and say Lord I need your peace that is beyond comprehension to rule my heart and my mind would you give me your peace let your peace come from within me where you dwell when we find ourselves becoming impatient or even impulsive the Lord can give us patience but in that moment we we need self-control to resist impulsive impatience in our lives and when someone is being cruel towards us or spiteful or we're tempted to be that way ourselves it is self-control that will give us the space to be kind and good towards others And when we feel like throwing in the towel I've been there and you want to just give up and sell out or maybe you're doubting and you're unbelieving well it is self-control that will help us to just take a moment to consider that God offers us faithfulness in the Holy Spirit his own faithfulness to persevere. When people are harsh and hard toward us or when we're tempted to be the same towards others particularly who are sinning or maybe their lifestyles don't measure up with what we think the Bible teaches well rather than stepping forward and giving our own opinion or a piece of our mind to them we need to step into our true identity and self-control will help us in that to access the gentleness of God in Christ Jesus. Someone once said, the person who is self-controlled has the mark of greatness. But that greatness does not come from themselves. That greatness comes from the ability that self-control gives us to access all of the fruit of the Spirit. And the greatness comes because we are displaying the character of God in Christ himself. I love what graham cook says in this whole series on the fruit of the spirit his series um but but on this particular element of the fruit he says don't think of self-control as the drudge of discipline don't think of it as have to but i actually get to i get to partner with god's power in self-control he goes on to say think of it rather as delight rather than discipline the idea of discipline often turns us off and Graham Cook says, everyone will do what they most want to do. So we can discipline ourselves over and over again, but essentially it will be love that transforms us, a delight in who our Father is and what he is to us and what he thinks of us that will cause us to rejoice in the fact, I get to do this with the Father that, that adores me. I get to partner with God in the fruit of the Spirit. So we're not talking about being in bondage but having boundaries and those boundaries of self-control don't deprive us but those boundaries effectively enlarge us and expand and liberate us into the freedom of the life of Christ and Paul ends this teaching on the fruit of the spirit in verse 23 In this closing phrase, which is intriguing, against such there is no law. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. The contemporary English version translates it like this. There is no law against behaving in any of these ways. That's it. It's a kind of irony and understatement that Paul is using here. He's saying there's no law against these. (laughs) Certainly no law against love etc and all of these outflow love. The law of love is the greatest law. Love God and love your neighbour as yourself and even love your enemy. There is no law against these but also there's something else I think in this meaning Someone who has the Spirit of God, Paul is teaching, doesn't need to live in law. You understand, they are actually fulfilling the law through the law of love because Christ's life is being lived out of them and Christ's love is being displayed from them. The irony is that the legalistic teachers that had invaded galatia the judaizers and indeed any legalistic um body of of rules and ethics by which we think we're going to earn favor with god and become more holy and close to god the irony is that this this conduct in the fruit of the spirit love joy peace etc is what laws are designed to produce in, in in their adherence but they can't because of this law of sin that this in all of our members, our body and our soul. You see, it's only the life of Christ can produce this. Law can't do it. There is no law against behaving in these ways. But I think there's a broader meaning as well that that really excites me. Against such there is no law or there is no law against behaving in any of these ways can mean that there is no law or principle in the universe that can resist this fruit of the spirit and that could be a religious law a code of ethics but it could also be a belief a belief system or a belief in your mind or or your heart or in a society there is no philosophy that can resist this fruit There is no tyrant or government in any nation upon the earth that can resist the fruit of the Spirit. There is no lifestyle that can resist this fruit. There is no principality or power or demon, nor even the devil himself can resist love, joy, peace, etc. Isn't that incredible? Because... Nothing can resist God. Nothing can resist His life. Nothing can resist His personality. That's what the fruit is. The forces of darkness are no match for Jesus in you. First John four four. Greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. So what is it that you're facing at the moment? Trials without. Temptations within. Problems of the mind, broken heart, body that's afflicted with infirmity and sickness. Listen, there is nothing in this universe that can repel the power of God's life in you displayed through the fruit of the Spirit. It's incredible. Um... Graham Cook again on this. I love the way he puts it. He says, What if the devil has a budget? Have you ever thought of that? What if the devil has limited resources? I mean, he has to because God is the only limitless one. Isn't that right? God's the only all powerful one with endless resources. So it has to be that the enemy and the powers of darkness have a budget, a limit. And if that's the case, and against such there is against these fruit, there is no there's no law, there's no principle, there is no power that can repel them. Is it possible that you can weary the enemy? Think about that. You could actually exhaust the enemy through the life of Jesus being displayed in these fruits so that he he can't afford to spend any more of his resources upon you. (laughs) He withdraws his, his investment against you because of the life of Christ. And you're not suggesting he can be free from temptation or the trials or attacks of the enemy. But I am suggesting that there's some truth in this. That the more we give way and surrender to the life of Jesus in us. The more we will overcome the enemy. The more we will overcome sin. The more we will have the victory. Is it any wonder that Paul said thanks be unto God. Who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What can separate us from the love of God. And You know what he says at the end of chapter. So many different things. He, He acknowledges. Come against us. But none of them can separate us. We are more than conquerors. Through him who loved us. And to him be the glory. To Jesus be the glory. Because this life is only possible. Through his death. And our death with him. His burial and our burial. With him. And his resurrection power. And our new life in him. And he in us as we abide in him. Isn't the fruit of the spirit amazing? I have so enjoyed this journeying this with you I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to the gifts looking at the gifts but so many people delve into the gifts and they're amazing and we will enjoy that but the fruit is so wonderful and before we start to access these gifts isn't it wonderful to set a foundation to say that character is very important it is vital as we move into the charismata Character. Get that in place before we start to explore the charismata. One's not more important than the other. We need both. We need God's power, we need His personality. We need His character as well as the charismata. But let's not neglect one at the expense of another, and vice versa. But let's receive all of Christ as he has freely offered to us in the gospel. I've enjoyed this series, as I've said with you, this mini-series and the larger series. Thank you for travelling. Do share these recordings and, uh, and please, if you can, repost them and so on so as many people as possible can benefit from them. And let's just pray together and do join us again as we begin to explore the gifts of the Spirit soon. Father, we thank you that it's all about you. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that because of the gospel, because of Christ's life, his death, his burial and resurrection, his ascension and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon us, that we can actually reflect the very life of Jesus. And there's nothing that can resist or repel that. There is no law that can produce it, but there's no law that can hinder it. And we praise you for that. And we pray, Lord Jesus, help us to abide in you and you in us that we may, by our fruit, glorify the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and impact others for your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.